I don't believe in God, but I know God. I love me some Jesus. You me too much. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the next episode. It's the moon reading. I rock with you, Yaya. It's all love. They better listen to this advice. We good. You crazy, girl. This is what this show is about, all right? We With keep the it real. real and real talk. The God in God talk. And that's a wrap. Hello, hello. Today is Tuesday, March 19th, and you're listening to Real Talk on God Talk, a podcast for people who skip church for brunch on Sundays. Hello, listeners. How y'all doing? What's good, Yaya? How you feeling? <laughs> Hi, Truth. Um, I'm okay. I'm feeling... Feeling good? What's going on? Anything new? Feeling good. I'm feeling great. Um, I actually am feeling good. I'm feeling great. <laughs> the weather broke a little bit. Damn. And so you you have known my ongoing struggles <laughs> this winter. Yeah. I um so disclosure, I've been feeling a little depressed lately. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard for me to say that. Yeah. You know, I go through life, people always think I'm like kinda like upbeat and mm-hmm. cheery, but I've been feeling a little down. Yeah. And I went out to dinner with a good friend recently. And he listened to last week's episode. Oh, sweet. Shout out. (laughs) Right? So he listened to last week's episode, and we were just talking about how unsure I feel about the future. What Mm. am I going to be doing professionally? Like, oh, my goodness, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so lost. You know, I'm so down. And he really held my hands, looked into my eyes, and Mm. said, I love you. I love you not because of your intellectual capabilities, not because of what you can do professionally, not because of, you know, any of the wonderful things that you bring to the table. I love you because of who you are. Mm. And that's what you're worth. And I don't know, just just hearing that and Mm -hmm. just hearing like, you know, my value is who I am, not what I can do. I don't, it just really changed my whole outlook. Like, I'm just like walking with a little spring in my step now. Yeah. And so, listeners, for y'all out there, I'm going to say the same, same thing to you. Your worth is not in what you do, not your professional life, not how much money is in your pocket, not the clothes on your back. Your worth is you and who you are. And, you know, walk through life remembering that. So, that's where I'm at right now. That's great. That's great. It was obviously something that you needed to hear. And so, it fed your spirit. Yeah. And now, it gets to feed all our listeners <laughs> and myself included. So, thank you. Because that, that's, it. it's so hard for us to admit when we're not feeling like our, like our, ourselves. That when you have people around you who are like just able to feed life into you, mm-hmm. when you, when like you can't do it for yourself, that's one of the greatest gifts that you can have, you know? And so then we reciprocate it and we send it out back again to everybody else. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So what's going on with you? You know, I'm actually got into my first rehearsal for my thesis performance this past week. Yeah. (laughs) So my uh, thesis performance is called the gospel of truth. Right. And see what you did there. there. (laughs) (laughs) And so we got into rehearsal this week. It is, um, for the most part, a one-woman show. And it was so breathtaking and went through all the emotions of watching this story just come to life. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have, um, like, two great women by my side to make, make the story come to life. You know, give and us a little something like, like just a little, just a little clue, <laughs> a little just a little, a little something, so, tidbit. Yeah. So the the gospel of truth is basically my own coming out story, and I I tell it through different forms of art. 
And so you'll basically see like a little bit of my life story. And um, I also used 1 Corinthians 13, which is the famous love biblical scripture. And I use that as a backdrop um, to show what our world is like when we don't have it. And my call to people to pursue love. Um, and so that that is that has been my work for the past like couple of months mm -hmm. where I really just sat down and began to tell this story. And it's coming out really amazing. And I'm like really excited. If you are in the neighborhood, April 6th, feel free. I'll put some more information up on our website or on our Instagram page. And it's it's a free show. Come through, show love. And um I'm just really excited. I've gotten some great like I just put the invite out and like a lot of people RSVP to come of just course. to get their free ticket. And it just made me feel good. Like somebody <laughs> want to hear my story, you know, <laughs> you know, but it makes me, it, it helped me put into perspective, like my journey mm -hmm. and to know that ever since I was young, I was on this journey and it's like, I was finally able to put all the pieces together. Yeah, yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we feeling good. Yeah, we feeling, feeling good. Great. Okay. I'm very proud of you. Very proud of you. I'm happy. I'm happy for us. Okay, so we're happy. Look exactly. at us. Look at us. <laughs> we two we two happy women. Exactly. <laughs> and we want y'all to be happy. <laughs> okay. Oh well, on that note, let's get into a rundown of this week's episode. This week in honor of Women's History Month. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, excuse me. Scratch that. Women's Herstory Month. All right. <laughs> it's all about the sisters. My feminists, my womanists, mujeristas, my trans sisters, and the list goes on. This week is all about us. The passing of the New York State Reproductive Health Act, which in short, primarily affects women by increasing access to abortions for state residents. This and other bills legislating quote-unquote late-term abortions are a part of the ongoing and often misinformed political conversation on pregnancy termination in the U.S. So where does God fit into the picture? And what does Real Talk on God Talk have to offer on the matter? You'll have to stay tuned. Then, Yaya will take us through the moon reading just in time to prepare for the March 20th equinox, marking the first day of spring in the Northern Hemisphere. And last, for community pastoral care, we're trying something new. Hey. Real Talk on God Talk is going live. What, what? Instagram live, that is. Back in January, the passing of New York State Assembly's Reproductive Health Act. In essence, the act legalizes the termination of pregnancy at any time when necessary to protect a woman's life or health and allow certified medical professionals who are not doctors, as in MDs, to perform abortions. The act opens up abortions to more New Yorkers. Additionally, in February, the Senate voted on the Born Alive Abortion Act. The legislation, which fell seven votes short of the 60 it needed to move forward, would have required doctors to provide care for infants who survive an abortion or attempted abortion, quote unquote, and would impose fines and potential jail time for doctors who didn't provide care. So this legislation basically would have been making room for the potential restriction of legally available abortions. Now, here at Real Talk on God Talk, we know that as soon as many people hear the word abortion, a lot of feelings come up. 
and that we, religious and especially church folk, can easily fall down the rabbit hole of endless debates about whether or not God approves of abortion, the sacredness of human life, and even more technical scientific questions like exactly at what moment does life begin? Well, we're going to cut that whole entire line of thinking short. Out of here. Yeah. (laughs) And simply tell you that's not what we're here to talk about this episode. Not today. We can't and won't really give you a hard and fast verdict on whether abortion is right or wrong. We're not going to spit a million facts and figures and percentages at you as to why you should either be pro-life or pro-choice. And we can't definitively tell you what Christianity has to say about abortion either. So although Catholic and other denomination and specific doctrines are pretty much clear that women shouldn't do it, the Bible actually doesn't specifically mention abortion, so there's that. And considering that abortion was definitely a common practice even in ancient times, I personally think that's telling. Um, Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to use this time to engage with you and tell you how we've personally come to terms with and reconcile the political issue of abortion and a woman's right to choose with our own personal, spiritual, and religious lives, touching on some topics in the abortion rights debate. So we wanted to just give you a little warning. We are not approaching this conversation from a place of facts and figures. This is not a pro-choice or pro-life debate. We don't really want to convince you of anything. Instead, we wanted to create a brave space to think out loud about the spiritual meaning and implications of the abortion issue. So usually, the two sides that we hear on this issue are pro-choice and pro-life, right? Right. Quote-unquote pro-choice being, you know, pro a woman's choice to choose an abortion, pro-life, even though I personally kind of take issue with that term, but, Uh you know, that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Pro-life is uh, the idea that all life is sacred and... uh, essentially abortion equates to murder or like, mm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's morally wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the premise behind both arguments. And so the pro-choice argument is basically based on the premise that it is a woman's right to choose whether or not she carries her pregnancy to term. Primarily because it's her life, her health, right. her body. Right. And so this procedure, whether it's a medical abortion, meaning um, whether it's a surgical abortion or it's a medical abortion, meaning like, you know, a a pill or medicine. Yeah. Regardless, it's it's her life, her body. Um, The quote unquote pro-choice argument is based on the premise that all human life is sacred, like I said before, Mm -hmm. and that a, a fetus is indeed human life. Therefore, terminating pregnancy is ending a human life. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, by nature, immoral, wrong. So, what do you think? Heard you. I know, I deep question. (laughs) So, what do you think? (laughs) Well, then, um, (laughs) yeah, this is, I I love how, like, both sides, right, those paint this so black and white, but I feel like it's not. Um, because there's like so many other questions that go into it. So um, it just came to mind when you were saying like pro-choice and pro-life. And then I've heard like pro-birth. Like people who pro just. Pro-birth. Yeah. So it's like the people who only care about you like actually giving birth to 
like a child, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily thinking how you're going to take care of it. Not interested in like, do you have the means to take care of this child and to have it sustain a healthy life? So they're like, they're just pro birth. They just want you to. So is that something that they call themselves, or is that something that like? No, they've been. They've been. Oh, so they've earned earned that label. They've been termed pro birth. Okay, heard you. Yeah, they've been earned that label because like, well, it's just about them having the the person should or the woman should just have the child. Okay, it's not necessarily about taking all the other factors that the woman may be considering into making this choice of like whether she is um, economically stable to like raise a child. Like they don't care about that. Like it's all right if you're homeless, you just got to have to get, you know, and it's like wait, you know? Mm -hmm. So that made me think of like the other sides of this argument Um, or like additional sides to it. So I can agree to um, the pro-choice where it's the woman's right to choose whether or not she carries um, the pregnancy, like to term. And and I agree with it because I, I take other things into consideration. So I often wonder about women who know ahead of time if their children are going to come out sick or and, and like would then have to make that decision or if there is like underage girls who are like being abused by like a family member mm. and end up pregnant and like they shouldn't be forced like that's their choice and then there's the other side of like yeah a woman should be able to do whatever she wants with her body but I think what it makes me think is more of like, what's the deeper issue if, like, a woman decides to just continuously have abortions? So, like, what's the deeper issue with that? And, like, that I can't agree with. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just having abortions to have abortions, like, I feel like I do have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Like, because, and, and not not because I think it's wrong or right or anything like that, but because I feel like there's a deeper issue that needs to be, needs to come to surface. And I feel like then that young woman is not, or woman, whatever, young or whatever, doesn't have the resources to get to that issue. And so I think when we're saying like pro-life, pro-choice, to me it's like, yeah, but it's not that black and white. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's there's other issues that aren't even being addressed in this debate. And it's just like a pawn. Like we're just using certain parts of this debate just to get votes. Right, to just rally political opinion as opposed to, like, really talking about the issue at hand. Yeah, it's like we're not really talking about women's health completely and in totality. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about certain aspects of it and not necessarily what drives a woman to have an abortion, the effects of that, and then are we giving her resources afterwards to be able to, to, to work through it so that she can continue to be whole. Like mentally, emotionally. Yeah, exactly. Like your psychic self. Yeah, exactly. Like we're just dubbing all that. Like that is not an issue that comes up. And I feel like that's that's part of it too. You know, it's not just have it or not. You know, mm-hmm. like there's so much more to it. And I feel like these are just like the surface level things. Mm-hmm. But there's like really deep spiritual questions here that I feel like don't get answered. And it sucks because then we have people who don't have these resources going out into the world and functioning in it. And probably not. Without the support. Yeah, without the support. But with the shame. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I wish... me a lot to think about. Yeah. It's like, okay, so full disclosure for you all. This is a hard conversation to have right now. I wish that you all could kind of like have seen Truth's body language, right? <laughs> Look, I'm putting her on the spot. Oh, damn. But no. Yeah, like, no, it's true. It's like, she is saying, or what I heard yeah, you yeah. saying is, 
I believe a woman has a right to choose. And like she kind of like put her hands up, yeah. right? A little bit. But also, it's more complicated than that. Regardless of whether I politically believe a woman yeah. should have the right to choose, it's not just a matter of some hypothetical woman out there, you know, like right. some hypothetical straw woman yeah. of whether or not she should have the right to choose. Right. This is a real issue affecting mm-hmm. real people and not just your body alone in a vacuum, right. but your body, your mind, your spirit. And often the conversation is used as a political pawn, you know, mm, like you said, yeah. to rally votes. Mm-hmm. But are we as a society really holding the needs of women? Right. Whether it's the needs of women to have an abortion or the needs to care for women who do or care for the women that don't. Right. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like the whole woman. And I think, you know, when truth when you say it's not black and white it is so not black and white like mm-hmm. on so many different levels so many. like it's like the language when we talk about abortion like Facts. the like we had like a little conversation yeah, we'll yeah. come back to this <laughs> about like the difference between a fetus you know yeah. and a baby yeah. when using like termination you know late term pregnancy versus like is that really a thing right. like, what does that mean when you say you know you're having abortion abortion versus pregnancy termination right you know mm. and it's like all these words are so politicized yeah but often we don't get to the root of how do we deal with this issue as people as a community mm-hmm. and it's like you know sometimes mm. i think about how you know how how private and how personal do i want to get but yeah. I, you know i love you all listeners and i'll tell you I, you know, my mom had me at a very young age and growing up, we struggled financially sometimes. And like, you know, it it was always me and my mom. And I, one day when I was an adult woman, like we have a very close relationship. I asked her, you know, like, oh my goodness, mommy, like, why didn't you have an abortion? Like if I was your age, like (laughs) if I was like, if I was your age, I think I would have done that. Yeah, yeah. And she looked at me and she said, you know, I never considered that. Like she looked at me and she said, I never considered that. And I don't know, like she just looked at me with such love and admiration and was just like, you know, it just it just simply didn't cross my mind. Yeah. And it's like to for me to politically believe it is of course a woman's choice. Yeah. And if you're struggling, like why would you have a child that you yeah, can't yeah. support mm-hmm. and you know have all these imaginary right, right. beliefs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then to look at somebody who did go through it yeah. and who said, you know, it just wasn't on the radar. No judgment for people who it is on the radar for right, exactly. You know, but for me it wasn't. It just really complicated Absolutely. Like, I was crying. Like I just felt I felt loved and I felt confused and I didn't yeah. like, you know, I didn't know how to take her or what wow. to do with that. And you, you know what's so funny is that I feel like I've had those conversations with like my mother and my elders and I felt like it's the same thing that it was just something that never crossed their mind. And it made me wonder what makes it not run through your mind? What makes it run through? You know what I mean? Like, what are all the things? Like, I don't know. I've, I, you know, I've never been pregnant. So <laughs> you know, I don't know all those feelings that come with it, but um, it, it I think this conversation, it, it just, it's like a deeper look at just women in general for all the things that come with being pregnant because it's not always such um, 
a joy like they make it look in the movie. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's it can really be incredibly not. physically painful. Yeah. And like spiritually, emotionally, Such anxiety. mentally. Yeah. And then I can't even imagine for women nowadays um, through, through everything that is going on where like so many things are like the bandage is off. And it's so raw of thinking, like, you know, you're, you're bringing up your kids in this, like, this climate, this type of society, um, this type of, like, where we're not sure where we are with the earth and, like, how like, the earth is responding. Yeah, right. you know, like, in all that anxiety, um, just so many different questions that come up. It's, it, like, yeah, it's really not that black and white. Like, I know we, we talked a lot about this off air, but, like, actually speaking it out loud now makes it just... I don't know, maybe like a little more real on a deeper level because I'm considering how like abortion affects like women of color mm. and how like a lot of, you know, it hit me when when you said in the terms of like doctor or, or not a real MD. And I was like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So wait, what are like, so who can actually perform these things? And like, is it still safe? And you know, like just so many things. And, and I think it's probably because like deep down for me, a lot of my own thinking is wrapped around like that our issues are are spiritually rooted, and so they, they even as a society, and and so if we're not taking care of the whole person, like these little uh, and not not to like pacify it or anything, but like these right or left conversations just seems so small and oversimplifies yeah. it and you like uses something that needs to be a conversation yeah because abortion rights or the right to choose or yeah. whatever this is a conversation that needs to be able to be had out loud without shame right. without shaming mm -hmm. right in order to attend to the needs women right. are getting pregnant and having unwanted pregnancies right that is a fact yeah the question is, okay, now that that is a fact, how do we take care of the society and make sure that either there's some type of pertinent sex education, yeah. there's health care, contraception. That's available to all. You know, available right. health care, available contraception, available, you know, okay, so none of those things are happening. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you, you are pregnant. Mm -hmm. How do we uh, provide safe yeah. abortion? Mm -hmm. Like... And the in, aftercare. Right, and the aftercare after Not that just happens. you have the abortion kick you out and that's right. it. Like, no, there's so much And more. it's like, instead of having an in-depth conversation about addressing the needs of women who are people who, yeah. you know, are citizens. Yeah. Instead of taking that into effect, what we do is we, we make it a left-right issue where you're yeah. wrong and you have an abortion, you're going to hell. Or, yeah. You know, you don't have an abortion, you... You know, you get into heaven, right? Like, you what? get into heaven. You did the right thing, <laughs> right, exactly. but you can't take care of your kids, right? Or you know, like we turn it into this type of, we turn it into a a tool, a issue yeah, to to you to use as opposed to an issue to to hold and to solve, or you know, and yeah, it, as an issue to like to really help our world, right? Right. Because that's what essentially that's what the all of these candidates or that's what a government should be able to do right is to help make the world you know to, to facilitate it in a way where it can make the world better but it's like that's that's not no one's agenda <laughs> you know the right. agenda is just to fill their pockets so it's like where we're taking the wrong sides of these issues 
in the sense of like there's so much more to it right you know? there's, there's so much more, more yeah. than the rhetoric that's being made available to us right. you know which it's is always like, the same it has not changed in years it is still we are still having the same debate so a lot of times when it comes to like you know the pro-choice pro-life debate yeah. um <laughs> or pro birth, birth. alone. <laughs> Learn something new every day. <laughs> right. I mean, you definitely learn something new every day. When it comes to that debate, mm. um, people that are anti abortion, yeah. um, their justification for it is, you know, human life is sacred. Yeah. Like, no matter what, it doesn't matter. You should not take human life. That's wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I've heard uh, Jeremiah 1 5 used as like justification for that. Yeah. And Jeremiah 1 5 is before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations and kind of like with the argument saying, well, God said before you were even born, right, like, right. you know, I, I, I formed I, you. Right, I knew I formed you. you. Yeah. Um, and I kind of think about like, like I, as I'm sure you listeners can already tell, <laughs> I am clearly pro-choice. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of think about, but I also I believe this, like in yeah. terms of like my own theological understanding. Yeah. I also believe that, you know, God had a plan for me before I got here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to like, I think about right now, I'm reconciling. How do I reconcile the belief that, yes, God had a plan for me, unborn in my Ooh, mother's womb, right, right, with right. the fact that I, I, am, I am pro-choice. Yeah. And um, Truth and I were were talking about like the terminology of fetus versus baby right and i think um one of the pro choice arguments at least made by many medical professionals is that prior to 28 weeks a fetus cannot feel pain like i guess I'm not a doctor, guys. I just play one on TV. <laughs> and so excuse me if my uh, if my biology is wrong or whatever. But prior to 28 weeks, a fetus lives in like some type of like murky state where mm-hmm. they can't really sense things in the way that we sense things. Yeah. And so like whatever synapses need to be connected in order to feel pain, they don't feel it. And so it's like it's to me, it seems like scientifically there is a distinction yeah. between uh, a potential for life, mm-hmm. like you know, the sperm and this egg came together, yeah, and, you yeah. know, formed a zygote. Look at me going back to <laughs> grade school biology, and uh, you know, here's this potential for life, yeah. and then actual life. Gotcha. And this is for me. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. An actual life that is life with intention you know i as a woman as a mother potential mother have decided that i'm carrying this person to term and i want to assist in the development of Mm -hmm. this other person using my body Mm -hmm. and so for me that's how i'm able to say okay before i was born god knew me yes but it's also a mother's choice Mm -hmm. to say do I want to develop this potential? Mm. Like there's potential and then there's developed potential. Mm, And for me, 
whether or not like we don't really know and i don't care what doctors say like yeah. you don't know if a, if you an don't know for sure. fetus yeah. can feel pain like you just don't know yeah <laughs> um and i want to know how they made that right <laughs> but it's right. like you but, said we don't right. officially like for sure know we don't yeah. know definitely mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter to me because what we do know mm-hmm. is the pain and potential pain of a woman, a mm-hmm. mother that is here on earth right now. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's mm-hmm. not okay. It's not moral to trade off an actual existing woman's pain for a question mark, unknown potentiality. Like it's not it's not right to say, you know, you mother woman have to live in poverty, you know, have to live with uh the financial, emotional, spiritual, psychic burden of a child that you don't want to take care of. You know, society has to live with this burden. It's mm-hmm. not enough to say you must go through all of this mm-hmm. for a potential. Mm-hmm. It's just and you know, for me, I feel comfortable living with my own morality. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's how I kind of reconcile mm-hmm. it. Did that really make sense? It it did. Okay. Because <laughs> you know when you start thinking, like it's like you start thinking about this stuff, yeah. and it's like it's just easy to go real hypothetical. Absolutely. And, yeah, of course. And just because I believe in choice doesn't mm-hmm. mean that will be my choice or right. has been my choice. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter if it is or has with mm-hmm. all that doesn't matter. But it's like, you know, you have to live with your choices. Yeah. And you have to reconcile what you claim to believe. And I have to reconcile what I claim to believe right. mm-hmm. with, you know, what I claim to believe. Yeah. yeah if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> no, I think it does. I think it does. Um, yeah, I, this is a, a lot harder <laughs> than when you pitch the idea, right? <laughs> but I, I, and I, and I go back to, I, I wonder about, yeah, I, I wonder, and it's again, it's like an answer that I, I, I won't know coming, uh, like until I ask God, God self, right, and be like, when, when did life start for God? Like, did, did it start in the forming? Did it start in the fetus? Did it start at birth? Like I, I don't know. I, I think I'm really at the point where I'm like, I'm not sure now. To, so to me personally, I've always thought that the minute a woman is pregnant, that right. that's a life conception. Yeah, Boom. I'm like, yeah, okay. that's a life. Um, and I mean, you're not alone in that. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> alone in that. And so I, I think for me, it's been that way. Um, because of that same thought of like, I formed you in your in your mother's womb, but as as part of there is this unique fetus in place uh, and this unique fetus that doesn't, it is not, it's not looking or will not look like any other fetus out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And will not have uh, the same potential as any other fetus. It's all different potentials. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I agree. It's still a woman's choice to decide that because only she knows what she's ringing the, child into and I feel if she can't bring them in if she doesn't have the means the economic means you know the the support and the child's just gonna come to suffer then it it just makes no sense for me right I don't know about like these abortions at like the late term because mm-hmm. I don't know I don't I don't think I can actually believe that these fetuses don't uh, feel any pain 
And I think that's where my on the fence is. Because I don't, I don't, I don't think I can believe that they don't feel any pain because it still functions everything else. You know, the nerve to, to kick, the nerve to eat, the mm-hmm. nerve to respond. All of these are still working. So to say that this one nerve of pain is not, it doesn't really make sense to me. Okay. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's just where, like, I'm like, I'm not quite sure. Because it's I not, so it's, not, it's right. <laughs> but, so it's just not cut and dry for you where it's right. just like, right. which, which may, and you know, honestly, I, I don't know either. Yeah. But I, I, I guess I can confidently say for myself mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter to me. And it's, you know, it's the first time I've said that out loud. Yeah, yeah. That, like, it sounds messed up. Like, you know, no, it doesn't matter it does. to me. But when it comes to my own guiding principles of morality, yeah. you know, right and wrong, yeah. um, my belief in God, mm-hmm. you know, my God is telling me, care the most you can for the most people that you can mm-hmm. in the most urgent situations that you can. Yeah. And, the mother just matters to me more mm-hmm. than the unborn fetus and you know i, I don't know it, like you know that's something that's something to think about yeah i don't i i, I don't think that's messed up at all <laughs> <laughs> i think it makes perfect sense and the way you explain it makes perfect sense i think for me the the issue at hand is actually that we're not taking care of the entire person i think if as a society, we're able to provide things that a woman needs in order to, like, really thrive. I think that is best. Right. Because, you know, not for every situation. Like, listeners, we are not trying to overgeneralize. Yeah, Like, no. this this is really a, on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. But in many cases, before one gets to the point of deciding to have an abortion, th- you've been failed by society in many oh, yeah. ways in many- prior <laughs> to you making that Your decision. Your walls must be... Like, at some point, have closed in, yeah. You know, to feel like I can't economically even provide for the right. child. I got nobody. Right. You I know? don't have nobody. I don't have the money. I don't have the birth control. I don't have. I don't have. I, I don't, don't have. have. And there's so like in terms of this debate, there's so much room for actually doing something, not just debating yeah. words of exactly. whether abortion is right or wrong. Yeah. But okay, if you really are quote unquote pro life, then take care of life. Take care of women's lives then. Right. Do exactly. that. And maybe, just maybe, in the doing, <laughs> there won't be as many abortions. Exactly. Like if that if you really don't like that. Right. You know? Exactly. Because if you if if someone is saying that the issue is you know, that they don't have the support for it, which is very true because even single people out here don't got support <laughs> to maintain themselves. So imagine right. A person Much less like, add a child to You know mix. what I mean? So it's like, um, then I think as a society that that's where our concern is, right? That we are able to provide an environment where both mother and child and community can thrive in. Mm-hmm. And I feel that part is missing for me. And so I think maybe that's why I'm like, there's more, <laughs> you know, like to me, it's like, there's so much more. It's not, it's not this black and white. There's, cause it doesn't matter for me. I feel like it doesn't matter what side of this quote unquote black and white debate you want to fall on. It doesn't solve anything regardless. Right. People been having abortions. Right. <laughs> people going to keep having illegal. abortions. Right. It and, don't matter. It, right. And so the question is, what are you about to do to care for people? Right. What are we doing as a society to make sure people thrive in right. society? Right. Because, we have women who have had abortions and are cut off from their communities 
and are like now living their lives. If you want to tell me that that does not affect them, you're lying. Right. You are straight up lying because that makes no sense. And so like we want to look at all these, you know, all these little like brackets, but it's, it's a bigger issue that we got. It's a way bigger issue. Let me ask you, um, Truth, with mm-hmm. your pastoral hat on. Yeah. So um, a potential congregant or someone that you care for. Yeah comes to you and is considering having an abortion and she is um feeling she's either had an abortion and she feels guilty about it or Mm -hmm. she's considering having an abortion and she feels guilty about it what do you say to her definitely the first thing i would say is to know that god loves her no matter what that it's not about right or wrong. It's not about sin or no sin. Um, if, if that's what where she's coming from, like, you know, if she sinned or if she did the wrong thing, I, I would first try to expand how she's seeing things so that she doesn't see it as black and white, as like right or wrong, and more to know where where the disconnect happened for her because it it could appear that she's walking around with some type of void in her life or like something shattered, something broke, something changed in her. And they say she wants to, you know, she wants to be whole again. Um, So I think for me, I would try to find where it happened. Did it happen when she made the decision, when she went through the process afterwards, years after? And then I would try to help her spiritually. But first I need her to know that God still loves her. It's not about right or wrong or sin or no sin. It's not nothing about that. It's just, this is life, right? And it doesn't come with instructions. And we all just really out here doing our best. That, That's it. Say that again. And it's like, it's okay. And there's no judgment over here. And if you, if she feels she needs to forgive herself and like say it out loud and have a space to do that, I will create that space for her. If some people are into rituals, if she needs to do like a, a healing ritual, I would do that. I would try to find what's actually going to help her, what's going to help her move from where she's at to, to the other side of that so she can see like, hey, life is still beautiful and you still got a whole bunch of life and living to do. Okay. Yeah. I think that's definitely where I would take it. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Truth, this was a very hard conversation it was. to have. Um, for me, it's a hard conversation to like just put out there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You um, never so know. <laughs> listeners, be gracious with us. Yes. We're just trying to work through this yeah. together yep. with each other, with you all. Absolutely. We kept very real and very raw. And I found myself like at times when you were talking about how thinking like, oh, man, did I say the right thing? You know, what, what should I have said that? And just knowing that I'm actually saying what I'm thinking and just knowing like, but that that's how these ha- conversations have to go so we can actually get to something and we can learn in a space that is not judging you for what you're saying. Right. Because, like, we were both very vulnerable Yeah. in the conversation. Because, like, you know, you want to say the right thing. You don't want sure. people, like me, I don't want people to think that I'm uninformed or Absolutely. I don't have the right, you know, the quote, unquote, right opinion. But mm. I feel like that's what building community is really about. Yeah. The, the ability that... I can be vulnerable and I can potentially be wrong or I can change my opinion yeah. or not know, you know? Right. And 
and know that you all listeners, you truth, yeah. will still be there to hold me. Exactly. As I kind of like figure out exactly how I'm about to move through the world. Yeah. It's like how I just like you said, where you're able to question and grow and be able to change your mind. You know, like I feel like that is something that in our society we're not allowed to do, where people are like many times still being like beaten over the head for things they said years ago. And like granted some joint is like wrong, but it's also like you gotta allow people the space to grow and the space to not know because we all don't know everything. So clearly the way that I thought when I was eighteen is different than now, you know, than a woman in her thirties, a woman in her forties like it should be. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Judge me if my thought has not changed. <laughs> but yeah, I think this conversation was very rich. It was very honest. It was very vulnerable. And I think this is part of the essence of what we have been trying to create for Real Talk on God Talk of this community where we can bring this stuff because these are the actual conversations that are going on. And it was like, you know, being face to face with you forced me to really confront some of my beliefs yeah. and some of my like like to kind of like separate the things I say mm. just to sound good yeah. versus the things that I truly believe in like there wasn't really anywhere to like hide yeah. or say like you know like I, I were asking pretty direct questions mm -hmm. and when I don't know or like in some ways the things I think sometimes do contradict each other. Yeah. And what do we do with that, you know? Right, exactly. Like, because I think you brought up, like, such an excellent point when I started thinking that my choice might not be what I'm advocating over here for, you know right. what I mean? And, and like, how that can contradict itself. But it's, like, th there is, like, this always, like, this voice in your head that's, like, well, that's not what I would do, but y'all go in and do what y'all want right. to do. You know right. I mean? And, like, but how, what do you do with that? Exactly. How do you how do you still give that voice, um, like, life? Because it is something that's there and it's something that, you know, should be addressed so that you can dig deeper into that and then continue to search for, like, answers. We are probably leaving you with more questions than answers. But the best that we can do is say whether you're pro-life or pro-choice whatever you choose there is nothing in the world you could ever do to make god stop loving you yep and all the possible things is doubtful that the termination of a pregnancy would be it <laughs> fact to keep the conversation going tell us what you think by following us on instagram or twitter at real talk on god talk Hey, beautiful people. Yes, I am talking to you. Today is Tuesday, March 19th, and you're listening to Keeping Time with Yaya. It's time for the moon reading. At precisely 5.58 p.m. on March 20th, we'll be celebrating the spring equinox, the point of the year when, astronomically speaking, the sun is directly over the equator as the Earth's tilt begins to point the northern hemisphere towards the sun. And after this cold winter, I know so many of us are ready to be pointed towards the sun, both literally in terms of warmth, but also metaphorically, in terms of allowing divine spirit to manifest the seeds of intention that have laid dormant all winter. Simply put, we are ready to blossom and grow. But like the tiny sapling that has to burst through and rid itself of the seed shell in order to grow, we too must use this important time to purge and rid ourselves of old belief systems, ways of being, 
even things we own, which no longer serve us. Consider that the spring equinox is the ideal time to do some spring cleaning. Get out your mop and broom, put on some old school jams, and go wild. Make it fun. Get rid of old clothes and other things we've accumulated through the years which no longer serve us. Donate it, toss it, whatever. But make room for the new blessings that may be in wait. Now would be the ideal time to clarify your body with a short fruit and veggie detox. And don't forget to cleanse your crystal friends and maybe give them some time outdoors under the moonlight. But most importantly, do the inner work. Go through old journals, revisit old situations, decide who you wanna be and make room for the new you that arises during the spring season. Thank you, Yaya, always making sure we stay right around here. Yes. So for our community pastoral care segment, as you know, Real Talk on God Talk listeners, since our first episode, we've talked about the importance of nurturing the Real Talk on God Talk community. And since day one, you have all been right there with us. This time for community pastoral care, we wanted to take it to the streets and check in with listeners to hear what's been on your minds and hearts. Yep. So in the upcoming days, we're going to be posting questions and polls on Instagram to see what issues from this episode or past episodes really got you thinking. We want to know what's going on in your lives, you know, trying to make spiritual meaning of anything going on in your life, or is it politics or even pop culture? Hit us up because we want to talk. Once we get a feel for what you want to talk about, we're going to host our very first Instagram live session. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Join us on Tuesday, March 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to just kind of kick back, chill, talk, you know, something light. Mm, Bring the snacks, okay? Whatever. I'm going to get my snacks. (laughs) It's going to be a blast. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, and we hope to see you there. So, again, it's at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, March 26th. Don't be tardy for the party. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Don't be tardy for the party. Hey. Hey, <laughs> man, we can't wait to see y'all there. This is going to be a great opportunity. So make sure you keep a lookout on our Instagram page and hit us up with all your questions because we are coming to talk. Yes. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Real Talk and God Talk. And we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye, y'all. I don't believe in God. I know God. I love me some Jesus. Too much. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the next episode. It's the moon reading. I rock with you, Yaya. It's all love. They better listen to this advice. We good. You crazy, girl. This is what this show is about, all right? We keep it real. real and real talk. The God in God talk. And that's right.